Welcome to another edition of Sean's Sports Show. That's right. You heard me correctly. I am coming at you from Los Angeles, California on Saturday, September 22nd, 2018. Uh, this is episode. This is uh, actually episode number 144. The previous episode that I recorded, I called it episode number 144, but that was actually episode 143. So this is the real episode number 144. Uh, today I'm going to be reporting each and every breaking news story in sports. I'm also going to be uh, giving my personal opinion on every topic. And uh, finally, I'm going to be covering the news results and future matchups of the LA sports teams. So the first story that I am covering has to do with UFC fighting. So UFC lightweight champion Khabib Nurmagomedov has criticized Conor McGregor following a number of foul-mouthed tirades. The Irishman launched at him during their recent press conference. The duo uh, came face-to-face on Thursday to promote their showdown at UFC 229 on October 6th, and McGregor was in a typically fiery mood. During the um, media briefing, he branded Nurmagomedov a proper bleep. When TMZ spoke to the Russian about the way McGregor addressed him, he said the language used didn't set the best example. He said, quote, This is what I don't like when too much people cursing, said the lightweight champion. Too many young guys like follow us. I don't want to be a bad example for young generation people. Nurmagomedov added that I want to be a good role model and denied that the notorious had irked him during the presser, saying he will, quote, smash the former champion when they meet in Las Vegas next month. McGregor launched a number of uh, insults at Nurmagomedov on Thursday, continuing the bitter rivalry that's that's, uh, built between the two men this year. Per TMZ, the Irishman also called his upcoming opponent opponent a, quote, little rat and a, quote, fanboy bitch. So uh, the angst between the two men was expected with the press event at the Radio City Music Hall close to the public. In April, on a media day ahead of UFC 223, McGregor attacked a stationary bus with a dolly that had Nurmagomedov on board. It left fighters Ray Borg and Michael Chiesa with injuries that meant they couldn't compete in their respective events on the bill. McGregor pleaded guilty to account of disorderly conduct for his actions and will face five days of community service. He had no issues talking about what happened in April during the press conference and certainly didn't um, kind of hide his words. While Nurmagomedov uh, may want a more low-key build-up to the fight, that's never been the style of McGregor, for whom every press conference seems to be an occasion in itself. Fans will be intrigued to see whether McGregor's sharpness on the microphone translates to his performance as his last outing on the octagon was against Eddie Alvarez almost two years ago. He made history that night when he added the lightweight title to his featherweight title, becoming the first UFC competitor to hold two belts at the same time. After McGregor vacated the lightweight belt, Nurmagomedov won it at UFC 223 when he beat Al uh, Laquinta via unanimous decision. So that's that. I'm really looking forward to this fight as a fan of the UFC and just, you know, because of the drama in general. I think Khabib Nurmagomedov will get the W pretty easily considering Connor's long layoff, but it'll be an interesting fight uh, for sure. Switching gears now to the NBA. Jimmy Butler was granted permission to skip Minnesota Timberwolves media day Monday after requesting a trade this week, according to the Athletics' Shams Chernia. John Krasinski of The Athletic added that Butler, quote, will not be available for on-court activities at the start of next week's training camp. Chernia reported Wednesday that Butler wanted out of Minnesota and that the four-time All-Star was hopeful a deal could be struck soon. According to ESPN.com's Adrian Janowski, as I keep saying, the Los Angeles Clippers, New York Knicks, and Brooklyn Nets are the three preferred uh, destinations on Butler's list. Since his uh, trade request became public, there have been conflicting reports about his future. 
Wojnarowski reported Friday that the T-Wolves had, had told teams around the uh, around the league that they would not be trading the elite player, only to report Saturday that Minnesota owner Glenn Taylor was open to moving the shooting guard. Uh, he, he, helped end, uh, he helped the Timberwolves to, uh, end a 13-season playoff drought during his first season in the Twin Cities. He, pl- he averaged 22.2 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 4.9 assists a game last season. On July 13th, Darren Wolfson of 5 Eyewitness News reported Butler turned down an extension in the four-year $110 million range. Joe Cowley of the Chicago Sun-Times had reported on July 3rd that Butler did not plan on signing an extension with Minnesota because of his discontent with young teammates, particularly Carl Anthony Towns, who we'll get, who I will get into later. So uh, that's that. Not surprised by this at all, and I believe that Jimmy Butler will be gone very soon. Speaking of Jimmy Butler, there's another story of the man himself. Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler have been pegged as possible future teammates since they will both be unrestricted free agents in the summer of 2019. But the Boston Celtics point guard said he hasn't spoken to Butler at length since the 2016 Summer Olympics. According to uh, ESPN.com's Jack McMullen, Irving is, quote, aware that he's been linked to Jimmy Butler in, in persistent free agent rumors regarding a mutual desire to play together in New York. But, quote, the last time Kyrie talked to Butler at length was when they were both playing with USA Basketball and the two engaged in a uh, spitballing session along with Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins about what the future held for each of them. He also acknowledged he's aware of the buzz that will likely circulate all season long as he prepares to hit the open market. Quote, I'm accepting it's going to be a constant story, Irving told ESPN. It's a point in my professional career where it's a big big time decision. I've been away from Cleveland officially for a year now, and I'm finally getting acclimated in Boston. Butler and Irving have been linked ever since the Chicago Sun-Times is Joe Crowley, Joe Cowley, excuse me, reported in July that the two, quote, are still trying to figure out a way to play together. Their intent to build an elite backward, whether that's in Boston or somewhere else in the East, Cowley added. While Irving has spoken glowingly of Boston all summer long, Butler has reportedly tried to facilitate an exit from the Minnesota Timberwolves, as we all know. Uh, Irving, uh, as reported by NBC Sports, Boston's uh, A. Cheryl Blakely said earlier this month, the Knicks intend to make the five-time All-Star their top priority in free agent. Quote, I've spoken with people within the Knicks organization, Blakely said on the, Bill, on the Bulls Talk podcast. They have made it absolutely crystal clear to me that if they had their pick of guys that are going to be in the free agent market next summer, Kyrie would be their first, second, third, and fourth choice. ESPN.com's Ian Begley also reported, quote, several executives expect Irving to give the Knicks consideration next summer if he tests free agency. So this is going to be a very interesting class next year with Clay Thompson and other guys, Kawhi Leonard. So we'll have just have to see how it all plays out. Switching gears now to college football. Number one, Alabama continues to roll in the 2018 season, moving to 4-0 with a 45-23 win over number 22, Texas A&M. Tua Tagovailoa had 387 passing yards with five total touchdowns Saturday at the Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, helping the Crimson Tide come through in its first game against a ranked opponent so far this season. Uh, Kellen Mond had two touchdowns, but also threw two interceptions as the Aggies fell to 2-1-2 on the year with with the losses to the two top teams in the coaches' poll. So, unfortunate schedule for them, but it's, it is what it is. Switching gears now to another college football story. Huge upset. The Old Dominion Monarch shocked the number 13 Virginia Tech Hokies on Saturday, pulling off a 49-35 upset at SB Ballard Stadium in Norfolk, Virginia. Saturday's win marked the first in ODU history against the Power 5 conference team, according to WTKR's Adam Winkler. Uh, Old Dominion made the transition from FCS to FBS in 2013 and joined Conference USA in 2014. The decisive play occurred with 5-11 remaining in the game when junior quarterback Blake LaRussa threw a 29-yard touchdown pass to senior wide receiver Jonathan Duhart 
to break a 35-35 tie. LaRusa finished with 495 passing yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions, while rushing for another touchdown in a, in a uh, in the winning effort. Virginia Tech fell to two and one with uh, on the season with the loss, while Old Dominion improved to one and three after previously losing, losing to Liberty, Florida International, and Charlotte. To make matters worse for for Virginia Tech, starting quarterback Josh Jackson was carted off the field with an apparent ankle injury in the fourth quarter, per Tom Fernelli of CBS Sports. Jackson was just 8 of 16 for 151 yards with two touchdowns and one interception before being replaced by junior Ryan Willis. Uh, so just a huge loss for Virginia Tech. It was an insane upset, and but it's college football. What do you expect? Uh, switching gears now to the NBA. Speaking of Carl Anthony Towns, as I said, I'm going to cover a story on him, and here we go. Carl Anthony Towns is, in not, is not going anywhere. Despite rumblings of discord between the parties at the end of last season, Towns and the Minnesota Timberwolves agreed to term Saturday on a five-year, $190 million Supermax contract extension, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Michael Scotto of The Athletic reported the deal does not contain a player option. Wojnarowski passed along Towns' statement on the move. Quote, on, on June 25, 2015, I was drafted to and committed to the Minnesota Timberwolves. On September 22, 2018, I made a recommitment to the Wolves and have the same feelings of, of excitement that I felt back in 2015. I promised to the fans, my teammates, and the organization to, to keep the vision of the man who drafted me, Philip Saunders, uh, alive and treat his dream of winning with respect and dignity. To the fans from day one and the Timberwolves fans, this is for you. Thank you for believing in me. Towns isn't immediately eligible for the full Supermax, even though he's garnered all NBA honors for this past season. But another appearance on the league-wide team on the league-wide team would allow him to earn 30% of Minnesota salary cap. According to ESPN.com, Zach Lowe, the Timberwolves, quote, can write the contingency into his extension, guaranteeing him the Supermax if he qualifies. Based on the trajectory Towns has been on over the last three seasons, it will be an upset if he's not an all-NBA selection in 2019. Minnesota picked him number one overall in the 2015 draft. And the choice paid immediate dividends as the Kentucky product averaged 18.3 points and 10.5 rebounds a game en route to the 2015-16 Rookie of the Year award. His ascent continued the following season during his first year under head coach Tom Thibodeau. The seven-footer logged the career-high 25.1 points and 12.3 rebounds a night. However, his most eye-opening development may have come in his third year. Although his scoring average at 21.3 points and usage rate at 22.9% dipped following Jimmy Butler's arrival last season, he knocked... He knocked down 42.1% of his 285 three-pointers as the Timberwolves clinched their first playoff spot since 2004. According to Basketball Reference, that long-range efficiency allowed him to join Kevin Love and Larry Bird as the only qualified players in league history to average at least 20 points and 10 boards while shooting at least 40% from beyond the arc. And here's the scary part. The 22-year-old has not even reached his prime yet. Uh, expect another statistical eruption from Towns in year four as Minnesota sets its, sets its sights on escaping the first round of the playoffs. Still, this move could mean a quick exit for Butler, who already reportedly requested a trade, as I've been covering. Because, you know, according to Darren Wolfson, uh, Towns' agent told management he, quote, can't coexist with Jimmy. Uh, Chair Neer reported Minnesota is, quote, aligning its organizational focus on the next steps of trading Butler. So, looks like Carl Anthony Towns is the future in Minnesota, and uh, Jimmy Butler is out. That's what it seems like to me. Switching gears now to golf. In the midst of leading the Tour Championship at East Lake Golf Course in Atlanta on Saturday, Tiger Woods is the favorite to win the 2019 Masters, according to ESPN.com's David Payne Purdom, who cited odds from uh, the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook. Although Woods hasn't won a major championship since the 2008 U.S. Open, he sports 10-1 to odds to take the 2019 Masters. Tiger's in good position to pick up his first victory of any kind since 2013, as he leads by three strokes after the third round of the Tour Championship. 
The 42-year-old has overcome multiple back surgeries to enjoy a resurgent 2018 season on the PGA Tour. He finished uh, tied for sixth at the Open Championship and narrowly missed the fifth PGA Championship win of his career, placing second. He has uh, six top ten results this season, and he looks likely to make it seven at the Tour Championship. While he is a four-time Masters champion, he hasn't won a green jacket since 2005. He finished tied for 32nd at the Masters this year and hasn't finished better than 17th since tying for fourth in 2013. So that's that. Switching gears now back to Jimmy Butler. Boy, can't get enough of him, it seems like. After locking down one All-Star on Saturday, the Timberwolves have turned their focus on dealing away another. And this comes, obviously, after Carl Anthony Towns' extension. So, uh, so you know, that's that. Just real quick. Butler, it looks like, is done with Minnesota, and they're done with him. Switching gears to uh, back some... Uh, I have some technical difficulties, but if it is, um, yeah, that's all we have actually for uh, the breaking news section of this episode. Now we're going to be transitioning into the LA sports teams, starting with the Dodgers. The Dodgers uh, played the San Diego Padres in the second out of three games today. The Dodgers took this one seven to two, so the Dodgers improved to eighty six and sixty nine, while the Padres fall to sixty two and ninety three. The Dodgers' next game is tomorrow at one ten p.m. Pacific time, four ten p.m. Eastern, as they look to take two out of three from the Padres. So uh, that's that. The Angels played the Houston Astros in the second out of three games. The Astros took this one 10 to 5. So the Angels have now lost four straight games. Their next game is tomorrow at 11 10 a.m. Pacific time uh, to 10 p.m. Eastern as they look to avoid the sweep against the red hot Houston Astros. The Angels' record now is 75 and 80, while the Astros improved to 97 and 57. So taking a look at the MLB standings, the Dodgers are still one and a half games ahead of the second place Rockies. Uh, still only one and a half games because the Dodgers won and the Rockies won as well. So the Dodgers, my Dodgers, are red hot, 8-2 and two in their last 10, while the Rockies, who are on their tail, are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. And the Diamondbacks, who fell off a cliff, are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Their playoff hopes are done. The Angels, meanwhile, their playoff hopes have been done for a long time as they are 10 and a half games behind the third-place Seattle Mariners, 19 games behind the second-place Oakland Athletics, and 22 and a half games behind the first-place Houston Astros in the American League West. And the Angels are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Things are looking bleak for them. The LA Galaxy, their next game is tomorrow at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern against the Seattle Sounders. Every game is pretty much must-win for the Galaxy if they hope to make the MLS playoffs. The LAFC, LAFC, meanwhile, things are looking good for them. They beat the San Jose Earthquakes today 2-0. So Walker Zimmerman scored both goals, one in the first half, one in the second half. Taking a look at the MLS standings, the LAFC are now in second place in the Western Conference with 50 points, only one point behind first place Sporting Kansas City. Uh, but LAFC has played one more match uh, compared to Sporting Kansas City. LA Galaxy are in eighth place. They are two points behind seventh place Vancouver Whitecaps. The LAFC's next game is next Saturday, September 29th at 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 3.30 p.m. Eastern against the Chicago Fire in Chicago. The LA Rams... Their next game is tomorrow at 1.05 p.m. Pacific Time, 4.05 p.m. Eastern against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Rams will look to improve to 3-0, while the Chargers will look to improve to 2-1. That game will be broadcasted nationally on CBS, and I'll be pulling for my Rams. Obviously, the Chargers' next game is also tomorrow against the Rams. UCLA football, they did not play until next Friday, September 28th at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. Eastern against the Colorado Buffaloes. USC football, as I said, on last, on last night's episode, they uh, beat Washington State yesterday, and their next game is next Saturday, September 29th at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time, 10.30 p.m. Eastern against the Arizona uh, Wildcats. That game is going to be uh, broadcasted on ESPN. 
uh, too. So uh, that's all we have for the LA sports teams. Now I'm just going to cover the top 25, uh, you know, college football teams, the AP uh, top 25 real quick to close out this fairly short episode of Sean's sports show. So number one, obviously is Alabama who uh, they're four and oh, number two, then is Georgia four and oh, and Clemson is uh, number three is Clemson who are four and oh. Then Ohio State four and zero, Oklahoma is four and zero, LSU is then at four and zero, Stanford is four and zero, Notre Dame is four and zero. Number nine is Auburn, who is three and one. Then Penn State is four and zero. Washington is two and one, yet they're number eleven. West Virginia is three and zero. Virginia Tech is two and one. Mississippi State is three and one. Oklahoma State is three and one. University of Central Florida is three and zero. TCU surprisingly is number seventeen, but at two and two. Wisconsin is at three and one. Michigan's at three and one. Oregon's at three and one. Miami's at three and one. Texas A&M is at two and two. Boston College, surprisingly, up there is at three and one. Michigan State is at two and one. And number twenty-five BYU is at three and one. So that's all we have for this episode of Sean Sports Show. Fairly short, you know, much shorter than usual. Uh, all every other episode is available on every podcast platform: Anchor's, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, you name it, Stitcher. Uh, if you would like to keep this help keep this podcast going, please donate whatever you can. I uh, pledge to, to use any money that you do donate on the, for the sole purpose of making this podcast better. So again, please do that. And uh, the next episode will uh, more likely than not be recorded and released on Sunday, September 23rd, 2018. So again, thanks for listening and I'll see you then.